Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Culture Vulture. Kia ora everyone and welcome back to another episode of Culture Vulture, the long-awaited, yay, formerly known as Kanye West uh, series. Now, Liv, we've both watched the documentary. We've been waiting for the documentary. We have, we have. Yay has been screaming for us to speak about him for weeks and we have been drip-feeding a little bit here and there. We absolutely have. We've been teasing out this episode for quite a long time. Too long of a time, Too long of a time. Like, me and Liv, honestly, I'm sick of talking and learning and thinking about Kanye West Mm -hmm. or Yay. And so we have two episodes, the first one being sort of the complicated life of Kanye, Mm -hmm. of Yay. Mm -hmm. And then next week we're going to go into the many controversies. So this week you're going to get a bit of background from Liv. She's running the show. And then, yeah, we'll get into all the sort of I don't want to call it juicy stuff because a lot of it's like borderline abusive, mm-hmm. but all of the all of the stuff that's been happening kind of recently, sort of recently, right? or yeah. since he decided to run for president, totally like the modern era of Kanye. Yeah, I think one of the things we found and we wanted to talk about just before we get into anything, obviously with Yay, basically every controversy or everything he does is underpinned by his mental state. And you can see it in the documentary, you can see it just briefly, it briefly touches on his mental state and we can see it unfolding right now. And so it's just, we want to um, just put a wee disclaimer that either this could be hard to listen to at times if you too struggle with your mental health or um, otherwise it's just good context to have when we're discussing anything to do with his actions, just to know that from the get-go. Obviously, as usual, I'm going to start with a naughty or nice. Um, but first, Liv, what describes your week this week? Okay, what describes my week is Jesus Walks because I just spent so much time researching Kanye and that is a huge song that we kind of get to know all about within his documentary. Also, I went for a really big walk on the weekend. Um, and but, she thinks she's a god. Yeah. She's no. I am a god. I am Nike. <laughs> There's actually, there were no religious undertones to my weekend, but um, that's all I could come up with this week. Oh, I so, love that. Yeah. How about you, Liz? So it's funny because Ruby was just saying, because Ruby edits these podcasts, and she was saying, she's like, Luz, I love that Liv still tries to connect her what describes her week to, to something some sort cultural. of culture phenomenon. and she was like whereas i just fucking say whatever describes like my week rose yeah, <laughs> yeah. rose twice done yeah. that twice <laughs> well my one is kind of cultural pop cultural this week my um what describes my week is the barbie summer party mix oh, Right, now, do okay. you remember the Barbie Summer Party mixes? Look, it rings a bell, but you're going to have to okay. rejig my memory. So they were CDs that were basically just playlists in the same vein as now 11. Oh, now, this is what huge. I call music, blah, blah, blah. Like, huge. Before Spotify playlists 
Spotify playlist walked. No, Barbie summer party mixes walked, or now twenty, <laughs> now twenty one walked. Yeah. So the fucking Spotify playlist could run. It's basically like, them, yeah. but on a CD. So I had one called the Barbie summer party mix, and it just had all these fucking great like two thousands songs. And lately, I've just really been into like. Left Outside the Line by Anastasia. I just, like, was obsessed with recently for a time. And uh-huh. then one of my workmates brought up Alanis Morissette to me, and then I've been obsessed with her. And then I went to Avril Lavigne, and then I lis- listened to These Words by Natasha Bedingfield oh, this weekend. Oh, what a fucking tune. Like, I'm so- I always knew it was, like, a quote-unquote banger. But now I'm like, is this one of the best songs ever? I think it's one of the best songs ever written. Like, I love it. Huge on SingStar. Oh, yeah. So you're going back to the kind of, like, 2000s pop era. Very much so. And so I spent, honestly, I spent so long, you say, like, three hours going through all the Now This Is What I Call Music and the Barbie Summer Party mixes. quite nostalgic. Yeah, so nostalgic, but also just, like, this is exactly what I want to be listening to right now, and I don't even know why. I love it. And I've made the best playlist ever, and... I think um, it's because you're getting into beating. Might be the beating, but this did happen before the beating. <laughs> right, okay, okay. When she says beating, she also means, like, making jewelry. <laughs> In case you're not other types of beating. No, that's not the Well, maybe no one's mind went there and And just yours just did. Yeah. But that's all right. Um, so Barbie summer party mix is what <laughs> describes my week. And that's cultural as fuck. Yeah, I know. So this week, Ruby, we're both um, sticking to the rules. We're both we are not wild. Vaguely. Vaguely. My first naughty or nice. Let me get into it. Kanye West targets Pete Davidson in disturbing new video. Mm-hmm. Now, I couldn't leave this till next week or I couldn't leave it out now because this um, is actually, like, disturbing, threatening, abusive. Honestly, all of the above. All of the above. For, for Kim, like, I'm not surprised if her or Pete Davidson feel, like, incredibly unsafe right now. Oh, I would. I would be terrified. I would be terrified about the fact that this went ahead and passed through so many people to get it out there. I know. So let me just let me just explain what it is, and then we can have a bit of a chat about it. So Kanye released a new song. Actually, we spoke about it called Easy, which has some lyrics in it that are quite against Pete Davidson. So we sort of knew... Well, no, we didn't know that the music video was going to be this like out of pocket, but um, we knew it might have something to do with Pete Davidson. So anyway, in this music video, it's basically a claymation figure of Yay wearing a mask, and he kidnaps a claymation Pete Davidson, Davidson buries him in the ground, and then like plants flowers on him, but like kills him like, like grabs his head or something yeah it's it, honestly it's creepy like ties him up on the back of a motorbike yeah buries him and then at the very end it says everyone lived happily ever after except skeet you know who jk he's fine like just and it's really ominous it's a really dark music video well, it's eh? really fucking dark i think like the fact that kanye is now like 44 I or know. something and he's doing shit like this and he's the father to four kids it's scary yeah it, it, yeah it is really scary and and this comes after he had like said to his instagram followers like scream at the loser at the top of your lungs shout kim yay forever he posted a screenshot of some messages from apparently from kim i can't verify this who said you're creating a dangerous and scary environment and someone will hurt pete and this will be all your fault 
Um, and then he said, upon my wife's request, please nobody do anything physical to skeet. I'm going to handle the situation myself. And then he made this music video. There's not a situation. No. Like, you're not involved in the situation. Oh, you've created the situation. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you're going to handle the situation? You've broken up with your wife and she's with someone else. Like, yeah. I know. Move on. And, and so, I don't know. It's, this is actually harassment. Like, I see a lot of commentary about this being like, this has moved into abusive territory. If it was anyone else doing this to anyone else, like, would we be acting the same way? No, we absolutely I know. It's wouldn't. gotten to the point when, you know, some people are finding this kind of moderately entertaining, all of this yeah. stuff going on, and now it's really crossed the line. And I think Kanye knows that he's got huge influence. And Oh, yeah. That's the fact, like, yeah, just because maybe he won't physically hurt Pete or whatever does not mean that his fans think the same. Absolutely. And, like, back to what you were saying before, like, also YouTube, where the video lives largely for most of us, like, they know what the famous music video was like when he went ahead and had, like, naked body doubles of Taylor Swift and all these other people and, and how that went down. Like, surely they see Kanye West dropping a new music video or something and, like, I don't know what they can do, but surely it's something rather than just, like, we were saying before, there seems to be no roadblocks no roadblocks in the way. Oh, and I think that we're going to get into this a little later on, but it's like he is not having anyone grounding him, anyone kind of being like, no, yeah. basically. Like, who the fuck animated this? Who said yes to animating yeah. this video? You know, like, there's a whole lot of people and involved in the animating, production of like, this. Creating, creating animation um, things as well. Recording it. Like, I'm sure he didn't do everything himself. No. Like, this was like a big project. Who the fuck? Yeah. Who's the producer on this? Yeah, like, I know. So, so that's naughty. Obviously, yeah, that is naughty. And yeah, we're going to get into more of yay in just a second. My next story, I just wanted to give a little update because I found it quite interesting of like all the cultural institutions or like cultural events or whatever that are boycotting Russia at the moment. Because obviously, I mean, you can hear everything you need to hear about the Russia's invasion, about Russia's invasion into Ukraine on the shit show or you can read it in the newsletter. I'm spending lots of time with it or on it at the moment. So Culture Vulture is not the place where I'm going to describe to you what happens, but luckily for you, the shit show is, so you can go and listen there. But I just wanted to go through a list of some of the things that are being boycotted because I found it quite interesting. Mm-hmm. So we have, like, bands that aren't playing there or are refusing to, like, do the festivals they were going to do in Russia or whatever, which totally. makes fucking total sense. So Absolutely. Got, like, Louis Tomlinson... Yeah, who would? Who would want to go there anyway? Well, no. (laughs) Who would want to go there and who would want to support them? Um, Louis Tomlinson cancelled his Russia and Ukraine shows. Green Day also. um, The Killers. Mm -hmm. Formula One have ended its contract with the Russian Grand Prix. Spotify closed its Russian offices indefinitely. Shit. Live Nation, who we know organise huge events like Astro World, they are cancelling dates in Russia um, and they're moving to cease all business in the country. Um, also, like major movie studios are pausing their release dates in Russia because of obviously the invasion as well. Disney um, said that they're not going to release Turning Red, a new Pixar film yet and Warner Bros also said it's going to pause the release of um the Batman which is fucking huge and last week Massive. we actually talked about how big these superhero movies are and how much money they bring in exactly and so these I mean it's the bare minimum for these places to be like we're not gonna we're not gonna 
stream it here. Like yeah. we're not going to play it here, but it's also like it is good to see. It's you know, so doing, good. Do what you can with what you have. Totally. And this is the thing, like when you list off all of these companies, it's like together they're quite the force to be reckoned oh, with. Hell yeah. And how much um, monetary impact that cultural things have yeah and and these are just the cultural ones like we're not even talking about like visa and mastercard and all the other huge fucking companies that are pulling out so and and it does make me a little bit sad for because obviously russia invading ukraine is because of putin not all russians are for putin no no, in fact like they don't even get a say, obviously. They and don't they're even being see fed the media. media that is just False. basically propaganda. Yeah, and I think most of them are, or a lot of them would be smart enough to see that it's propaganda and go, like, I get some emails from people in Russia being like, I read my news on Telegram or these private places because I know that mm-hmm. it's false. But I'm also like, when we say Russia invading Ukraine, I'm always like, not all Russia. Like, No, no, Putin. no. Anyway, um, the Glasgow Film Festival has dropped two Russian films from its lineup. FIFA has banned Russian teams ahead of the World Cup in Qatar. Eurovision bans Russia from competing. BBC pulls Doctor Who from Russian airwaves right. and like some other like hit TV shows that Russian people love. So, I mean, th- that's just a few. Like, I could sit here and probably list off a whole lot more, but that's like the cultural impact as well is something Huge. really interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, so I think it's nice that they're pu- showing their solidarity by pulling their shit. Not nice for the Russian people that haven't done anything wrong and maybe just want to watch Doctor Who. Exactly. Like, imagine living in that country right now oh. and not supporting what's going on. Oh. You just feel Absolutely. so lost. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but naughty that Russia is I invading mean- Ukraine. <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying. <laughs> yes, naughty is just not enough just of a word. Naughty is not enough of a word. Mm. But honestly, go to the shit show and you can hear all the like actual goings on and true smart kind of takes. Uh, rather smart than, kind of? <laughs> smart kind of takes. I don't want to hide myself up too much. Aging everything. Um, but live, live. Um, that's my naughty or nice. Let's, let's talk about Yay or Kanye. Yes, Yay is the main topic of today following the three part documentary that has just come out on Netflix. Um, Luce, you've watched this? I have. I have. All three parts? I would be a terrible podcast co host. <laughs> If I hadn't done the one thing that we were teasing for so, so long. long. I mean, it is like seven and a half hours I or know. something of footage. So, like, you know, give yourself time yeah. to, to get through all of them. But it's, it's a good walk. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Yeah, what'd you think of it? I I thought it was really good. I mean, I myself don't know much about like documentary making, right? Because I've read a lot of reviews about how it's strange that Cody is so centered at oh. like in this documentary and that someone was arguing that he was kind of using it to leverage himself a little bit. Whereas like we only really care about yay. I will say that I did skip through some of the just Cody parts. Cody parts. Like when Cody was kind of like 
banish also, from his life a little bit. Maybe it's kind of really smart because Ye is so self-centered that for Cootie to come in and one of the themes being like, who are we centering it on? At totally. This point? Well, I, I thought. Well, I just thought that people would take it more seriously and take it from a much more empathetic stance if it is from someone who deeply loves Ye. How? And yeah. I think like giving it that personal touch was really important because at the moment he is obviously not in favour of the public, Ye, no. yeah. at all. And not that he should be at all, but it's like very I think the point of this whole documentary was to show kind of how the the yay of today has been created. And I you think. could tell that it came from from love. It did. Which was also kind of one of my gripes with it was that like the part that I really wanted to see mm. those six years mm-hmm. where Cody was Cody pushed out there. of his circle were completely left out obviously because Cody wasn't there to film it which kind of just gave them an out to not mention like a lot of the like like the controversies any of, any of the controversies 100%. to be honest it was like and this is I think what when people were writing these reviews about how it's too centered around Cody it's like we're missing a whole lot of information like yeah. the Taylor Swift controversy, oh, him running everything. for election, like everything that's prickly and hairy and the shit that people actually want to talk about. It yeah. made it a bit easier on them. It as was a little too easy. That they didn't have the footage. I mean, there is footage of that everywhere. You could go to any archive of any media company. For sure. Um, and you could have found it. So I thought it was like a slight cop-out and a four-part series with a whole bit on those six years and maybe not from Cody's point of view, directed by someone else for that like third part would have been great. Would have been great. Would have yeah. rounded it out. I think what Cootie kind of came back with when people were saying this was that it's not Ye's sort of definitive documentary. Yes. I think he was more focused on kind of his uprising. Yes. Um, and there probably is something to say about like the time that Cootie got pushed out of his inner circle was also the time that Ye went like wild and like is that because he didn't have anyone there keeping him grounded? grounded. Or like, you know, was it a self-fulfilling prophecy? Yeah. Like, it makes sense that he went wild, Cody wasn't there, and then when Cody came back, like, he didn't, like, calm down. But you could tell that Cody was trying to keep him in line. A hundred percent. And I think that's a huge theme throughout this whole series and throughout Kanye's life is gra- being grounded yeah. and the fact that no one's really been there since... Donda, yeah, um, to ground him. But for those of you who haven't watched the documentary, basically it's directed by a guy called Cody and his co-director Chike, who we don't really see Chike in the documentary, but they basically met Kanye when he was, I think, around 17. Yeah, he was young. Yeah, he was really young, and he was a kind of up-and-coming producer in Chicago. It was that time in kind of the 90s where hip-hop was making a real statement in Chicago and a lot of really talented people were coming out of there and a lot of people were really trying to make it, moving to New York and Mm. seeing what they could do. And so basically when Cootie met Kanye, he was kind of like, there's something different about this guy. Like there's a lot of producers and there's a lot of rappers trying to make it, but there's something about Ye that is just like kind of star quality. And so he basically dropped everything Mm -hmm. in his life, which is crazy to me. Yeah, Um, But he dropped everything to follow yay round because he had such a belief that something was gonna come out of it and this was like 1998 they started filming Mm -hmm. this doco Mm -hmm. which is wild to have all that footage so so wild like such intimate footage as well i know um so i mean a bit of background on yay himself because 
I didn't actually know a huge amount about kind of his early life. Mm. Um, he was born in Atlanta, Georgia in 1977 um, to his parents, Donda and Ray West. His parents then divorced when he was three years old. So Donda was an English professor at Clark Atlanta University. Um, and she was also the chair of the English department at Chicago State University. So she was, he came from like a well-educated background. Mm-hmm. And I think that he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because one of the reasons he struggled to make it at first was because he didn't kind of he wasn't that sort of gangster rap yeah kind of guy that was because he didn't grow up like on the streets on the streets yeah. basically and you hear a lot of a lot of what he says in the documentary is kind of like you know but i i did come from it rough like you know first off kind yeah. of trying to I, I don't know, trying to justify trying to say his that he background. has edge. And, but it's yes. interesting because the way he presented, he was always in like polo shirts or like Ralph Lauren this stuff. is the thing because like he was the kind of new generation of rappers. He was sort of like the slightly more educated yeah. but really cared about, you know, politics and black race relations yeah. and everything. So – and his dad was actually a former Black Panther, which I found oh. interesting. So he has a real political background. Yeah. Um, and he was one of the first photojournalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So wow. we don't hear much about his dad. We don't. His dad, we hear lots about Donda, which I think Donda. is the redeeming quality of this documentary. Definitely. Donda is what made it worth watching for me. I totally agree. It was the most human you ever saw, yay. Yeah. It was the most grounded you ever saw, yay. She was like a breath of fresh air yeah. in his life, which we'll get into a little bit later. But basically, Yay was creative from the get-go. He started making poetry at five. He started rapping and then making music, like selling music compositions in seventh grade. Mm. And then when he was 15, he met a producer called No ID and who became his mentor, who you also see in the documentary. They have a bit of beef. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. I don't yeah. really get what's going on no, there. No, neither. Is that when No ID like, sees something on a yeah. radio station yeah. and then Yay's like, then Ye real hurt. sulky, like goes yeah. up to him and the kind of like, Bro, why'd you say yeah, that? Why'd you say that? Um, yeah, and then he got his first sampler at 15 and kind of just became, like, was one of those guys that just made, like, three beats a day yeah. or five beats a day, whatever. And, like, real important to note that, like, Ye was known as a fucking good producer. It was his leap from producing to, to rapping rap that, that everyone made so hard for him. So, so hard for him. So, yeah, basically he met, Cootie. Mm-hmm. And then he made the move to New York, which we see, to become one of – he was one of Rockefeller's um, producers that they kind of had on tap for other artists. And that's Jay-Z's label. That's Jay-Z's – yeah, exactly. So he made major contributions to Jay-Z's 2001 album, The Blueprint, and a lot of people say he kind of helped revive Jay-Z's career mm-hmm. with that Whoa. album. Had Jay-Z been around long enough that his career had already been up and then down and think, Ye pulled it back? Yeah, because, like, Ye was kind of like – people saw Ye as – the little brother yeah. of Jay-Z. So Jay-Z must have been pretty well established yeah. at that time. Um, yeah, so basically he was producing for artists like Ludacris, Alicia Keys, Janet Jackson, huge mm. artists. So it wasn't like he was really struggling to get into the industry at all. Yeah. Basically he was just totally pigeonholed because he didn't have this aesthetic. They didn't take him seriously as a rapper. He was trying so hard to break through, telling everyone – I'm a rapper. Like, mm. I'm a rapper first and foremost. But people – you can see that people just, like, kind of use producers. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't really realize that 
they could get used so much to just be like, now nah, you're just making shit for me. Yeah, like we just we want your beats. Yeah, we've got all these great artists. We don't need great artists anymore. We just need you to give them beats. Totally. And I think Ye from such an early age had so much to say. And I think he talks about this in the documentary how he could only say fifty percent of what he wanted to through the music itself. Like mm. he needed to be able to rap to actually communicate what was going on in his brain because mm. obviously a lot was going on in his brain, kind of at all times. Um, so there's even parts where he goes into the Rockefeller offices and just, like, puts his CD on, puts All Fools Down on, and he just, like, starts rapping for, like, the admin ladies. I know. And it's just, you can see how much of an ego he already has. Like, how much confidence and self-belief you have to have to be able to... To, to be able to do that, to be able to even go into someone's studio and just sit there and spit bars from your head, you have to have this, like, unselfconsciousness. And I loved his, you know, when he went and did the poetry sessions and he did the yeah. rap about being self-conscious. Yes. And how he's not. It was all just, like, a take on how he's not self-conscious. And I was like, holy fuck, from the get-go, you have been so self-assured. So that- self-assured and so not worried to break the mold and yeah. that, like there's a lot of things to admire yes. about Kanye especially in these early years like he was oh. not afraid to stand up for what he believed in he believed in a lot of good things yeah um but that those all kind beliefs of, did get a bit warped yeah they did get a bit we'll warped. find out next week <laughs> yeah exactly um I just feel like this we see an ego really forming yeah at this point in time. So it's just this unique combination of him having insane self-belief. A lot of that's derived from his mum and how much, you know, confidence she instilled in him at a at a young age. But then and he's being hyped up by all of the people in his inner circle. Like yeah. everyone's being like, Bro, you're the next big thing, yeah. like you're amazing, like I'd sign you tomorrow if I could, kind of thing. But then the people that actually could make it happen would not him down. Yeah, pushed him down and were not taking it seriously. And I feel like that recipe was like Really integral yeah. to who Ye is yeah. today. I think a few moments that stuck out were obviously his mum was talking about him in a talent quest and mm-hmm. said, you have always been so self-assured or you have always been like so, so self-involved. Self-involved. Like, yeah. so like she was Negative actually saying, yeah, like she was actually saying you've been self-centered or yes. something. And I was like, damn, like Donda knows. Donda like, knows. She knew from the get-go. She absolutely did. Like that one line of him, you know, a giant looks in the mirror and can't see a giant. Yeah. And like, obviously whoever has watched the documentary, um, Sorry if it's a spoiler. I mean, not really, I mean, but you, it's a kind not. of reiterated right at the end because that's obviously like the takeout line from the whole thing. Yeah. But when you hear her say it, it's just amazing. It comes with love. It, so it much comes love. With love. Whereas there is also that argument Yay has with someone that says, you're not a genius. Yes. And then he says, I am a genius. And then the guy says, no, you can't put the genius title on yourself. I can say that I think you're a genius, you can't say it about you. Which is like, whether that's right or wrong, like, I don't know, you probably can call yourself a genius if you are one, like, have confidence. But what he was saying, like, for this situation, when he was saying, I see I see Jay-Z working and I think he's a genius. I haven't seen the same in you, so I'm not calling you a genius. And totally, yeah, like, I've seen upset. someone above you. Yes. So how can you be a genius if he's out there doing that sort of shit? And like Ye's obsession with like being told he's a genius and yeah. thinking he's one, and then one person comes along and is like, "Well, I don't see you like that," and you can tell it hurts him. And it it's hurts like, him like it 
like cuts. I know. So ego. I've never seen an ego like it. It's quite, yeah, takes you back. Yeah. Sort of thing. So, yeah, we see this huge ego forming and then he's really trying to push out the college dropout, which is his debut album. Such a good album. Oh, I went back and listened to all his music. He's honestly so good. He's so good. Like, it's all so Fire flames. It's also a fire flames. <laughs> it is. It totally is. I think, like, I forgot I, um, how good that I album know. was. And it was kind of nice to relive it yeah. a little bit or to actually live it at all because yeah. I'd never seen, the obviously, how it was made. But basically, he did end up getting signed to Rockefeller. But then, like, they weren't opening his budgets. They weren't giving him a release date. Like, he had to, like, sneak into places to use studio. Yes. Like, that was, yeah, he would, like, see someone else having studio time and he'd, like, try and sneak in 10 yes. minutes of their studio time because they weren't giving him any studio time. He spent 30 grand of his own money on making a music video for his song Through the Wire. Yeah. Oh, which, which, okay, if you're watching it and you're, like, you're, the first episode's great. The second ep- episode feels really slow. But then the second half of the second episode, once Through the Wire is released yeah. and Yay shoots to the top. Totally. You should hold on for that. He's just on that brink for so long, yeah. isn't he? And you're just waiting. Obviously, we all know what happened. But then he blows up so quick. So like quick. Like, goes from the brink to Through the Wire and then, like, every media outlet Totally. I think it's like that's what happens when you already have all of those connections in yeah. place. Like he'd done the groundwork and he was yeah. just needing that thing to tip him, tip him over the yeah. edge. Yeah, and this process of the song Through the Wire was really interesting. We, like, get it very up close and personal. Basically what happened was Ye had a life-altering car accident where he broke his jaw in three different places. I think he almost died. Yeah. Um, well, because he raps about, like, you know – Jesus walks with them. Totally, because, like, he he was saved. Yeah, basically. Um, And it kind of, you really, really see his grit here. Like, it is quite... It's really sad when he is saying that, like, he feels ugly because his face is now puffy and then they can't fix it for him and watching him get told that, like, this thing he thought could get fixed couldn't get fixed. Couldn't get fixed and then he didn't have that time to, you know, wait for his recovery. Like, he had this small window where he needed to become successful. He had it all lined up. Yeah, and, and how he was like in the dentist and being like, I'm an entertainer, I'm a good looking guy. I know. I found that quite I mean, there's funny. ego. Yeah, like, ego. But he kind of says it in a self conscious way. Yeah. Like he wants them to be like, Yeah, you yeah, are a you good are. looking guy. Or you'll be there again. Yeah. But then they couldn't fix but it. They for couldn't him. do that for him. And so basically, but he kind of makes the whole experience into gold with the song through the, through wire. the wire. Oh, yeah, because his jaw had to be wired. Yeah, that's basically. That's he sang through yeah. the wire. And he literally raps through the wire. Yeah. And I think it's the first song that he shows Pharrell. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. Probably first we saw on the docker. Totally. Yeah. First we saw on the docker. It was Pharrell the first... popped up a few times. Pharrell then. did. I mean, he's was he's huge in that era. Yeah. And... Pharrell was like, I think that was the moment, even if he had heard some of Kanye's stuff before, it was the moment he was like, this guy's huge. Like, he is going to make it. Yeah, so this whole kind of thing is really interesting. And then as soon as Through the Wire comes out, it does so, so well. And basically they open up all of his budgets, they give him a release date, and it's just like... You had no faith in him beforehand. Yeah. He had to do it himself. So it's kind of no wonder he doesn't trust or, like, he is like, I want to do everything myself now. Because totally. he was held back from this, like, vision that back then the vision was actually elite. Like, the vision was really cool. Through the wire fucking slaps. A hundred percent. It's so, so good. And I think 
you know, he's so successful at this point. He has a lot of chips on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. Like, he seems to always have. I mean, also, you know, a black person growing up in the 70s in America. Yeah. Like, he had so much to be angry about. Yeah. And I think with this album, like, you know, it explores a lot of those themes. And at that point in time, it was so relatable to his audience. And I think that's why we handled how intense he is because – when he raps, he actually, well, in those first few albums, he does it with a lot of grace. It's just like, this is my lived experience. Totally. And, and I'm we gonna, all, like, listened. Totally. And because he's rapping on behalf of his whole community. Yeah. And everyone in Chicago that, like, is trying to make it as well. And I think that that is why at that point in time he's so in the public favor is because his life is still relatable. And I think we see this a lot with celebrities. As soon as they get famous and they kind of – you know, get lifted above the ground and their day-to-day life is no longer relatable and their grievances aren't the same as their pu- the public's grievances, that is when we start to lose them, I think. Like with Sally Rooney. When yes. we spoke about Sally Rooney's latest book and people were hating on her because she can't write about normal people and normal experiences anymore. And it's like, yes, because we've all put her up to the point where she's not a normal person totally, anymore. because we're fucking obsessed with celebrity and celebrity culture. Yeah. I mean, this podcast is I mean, part yeah. of that. But it's like... You know, we can't expect these people to stay the same and to rap about the same things and to make the same sort of music because they're not the same. They're having totally, like, those Totally warped experiences. Totally warped experiences of the world. Um, Yeah, so I think that that was really interesting. And then basically Jesus Walks um, and this whole album, it got huge critical acclaim. Yeah. It was nominated for a whole lot of Grammys. I think it won album of the year and best rap album and that's where he says that iconic line like people keep asking me what i'd do if i didn't win i guess, I guess we'll, we'll never, never know, know. <laughs> and then the whole crowd is like you can see like ellen and shit I, in the crowd yeah, being I like know. of I'm course sorry, i focused in on ellen to ellen i was like oh my god i guess oh. she would have been the biggest thing in like media back then <laughs> totally yeah and so it was kind of this time, hey, where Cootie sort of got pushed out of the inner circle. Well, because with Jesus Walks, remember he was saying he wanted that other guy to direct it, and Cootie said, what's going to happen is you're going to get, like, go do what you got to do, Kanye, but, like, what's going to happen is you're going to come back to me and say you don't like what he's done, even though he's meant to be the best director ever, and then you're going to get me to redo it. Totally, because And they that's what happened. Yes, and they don't understand him like no, Cootie like understands him. So then they refilmed the music video. Cootie, I reckon, gave too much grace there. Like... And sorry, Cootie should have been like, well, no, you didn't see in the first place that I was worth it. Fuck yeah, like, it's amazing that when Kanye calls him, he comes. I know. Because, like, if that were me and if someone had, drop. like, shunned me, like, I don't know, you'd want to be like, no, I'm doing my own thing yes. now. Like, you can't just pick and choose when you want me. But I guess Cootie... Cootie it was a friendship. It For was Cootie, it was such, a story yeah, about friendship. Yeah, like a brotherhood and... And also, he was obviously obsessed with, you know, making this documentary, and that was fulfilling him. Yeah. It, it would, would have to been for him to drop everything else in his life. And then, because when he was dropped, he spent time working on the documentary, and then you see him going and telling Ye that he was working on it, and Ye's like, that that's not my image anymore. Like, when yeah. not running with the documentary, whereas I'm sure Cody probably owned the footage. Yeah, and how he says... I've I'm now acting. Yes, like I'm not ready for the for the world to see the real me. And that I think is where his mentals start, like either splitting or just really deteriorating. When you're so aware 
that you're an actor, that you've got two lives. Totally. And, like, I get making a public persona. Oh, like, I yeah. think a lot of artists do that. It's a protection. A lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. Gotta be your best self or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, totally. And it's, you know, you're protecting, like, your vulnerability and everything. And they don't – the world doesn't deserve to have everything, everything shown about you. But I think here – it's like he totally forgets who he was. Yeah. And then it's all warped. Because then he sort of forgets Cody for a while. Like, he does when they meet Cody up again, he sort of says the wrong names and stuff. And I know that happens, like, especially when you're drinking. But I was thinking if it was me and you, and we didn't, we had all of this time, then we didn't see each other for six years. Imagine I can't imagine I s- not remembering your name. Imagine if I started calling you Ruby. Yeah, like, I know. Ruby, Ruby. Like, I'd what? be like, and, and Cody got really upset. I, and yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. And like, it was like he was. It was kind of like Honey was acting drunk. I know. It was very weird. It was, yeah. It was like a power play almost. Yeah. I don't really know. But True. basically then, you know, he had all of this success. Then his mum, Donda, became his manager. Mm-hmm. And then in 2007, she died suddenly, um, I think, while she was having plastic surgery. And she had a heart she attack. She had a heart attack. And it was, like, due to complications for some surgery that Kanye was paying for, which yeah, would have so just – Which, again, they didn't dive into in the documentary. Which I kind of thought was good. Oh, I just thought – I don't think Cody would have done that to Kanye. Totally. And it's actually not valid. Like, no, it's not – It's not important to no. the story, but maybe it's important for how Kanye pushed it away. Totally. Totally. And – yeah, as we said before, Donda was his rock. He really didn't yeah. seem to have anyone else in his life. Like, this is what I found really interesting. His relationships weren't covered at all. He's, I know. I just feel like everything that ha- like that could have given reason to Kanye, aside from his mental health, being who he is today, was sort of, like, lost. But, I mean, maybe it was Cootie seeing Kanye through Cootie's eyes. Totally. And But, like... If Cody was there every single day with Kanye, like where was he had a long term relationship before Amber Rose oh. to a fashion designer, I think from like two thousand and two to two thousand and eight. And we saw none of it. We saw none of that. Like if Cody was there every day and Or I, maybe, maybe, and we've been talking about this with the Pam and Tommy mm-hmm. like situation, maybe Cody reached out saying, I've got this footage of you, true. like there's heaps of footage from you. They didn't want it and he respected it. That's so true. That could definitely be the case. But I guess also like the sexism within the rap industry. Like, there were no women in those rooms. I know. There were no unless women they were seen, Unless I saw one, like, bit of footage where the camera, like, scanned past the woman and it was like, ooh, what have we got here? Like, and I was yeah. like, you're lucky cat calling them on camera right now. Totally. Like, it was their realm and I, yeah, anyway, basically, we don't even see anything of Kim in this documentary. No. Like, see, that's what that's what I mean when I'm like, Fuck, my gripe is that there was a whole episode there that, like, honestly, if Cody didn't want to do it, he didn't have to. But if you wanted to tell more of a full story and make my research for um, part two of the series easier, (laughs) then you could have done that for me. I know, it feels like there needs to be a kind of, like, sister documentary to it. I know. To show, like, that other side of his life, the more, like, kind of personal. Yeah, obviously everything's about the music, but... When we're talking about Kanye and especially what's going on currently, you can't leave those relationship things out because I feel like it's really, really important to his character development. Well, and when you've got that much influence, which he knows he has, and he actively goes after, like he wants to be God. Oh like, my God. The absolutely. fucking documentary is called Gene Genius. He calls himself Jesus because of Jesus. Like it's just 
you you do um, have a public facing like responsibility. Totally. And, and we should I don't know, don't leave it out of your fucking doco. Absolutely. I don't know. What did you like what was your takeaway about Kanye sort of as a person from this documentary? Like because in my eyes he isn't a malicious person. No. It, neither. Yeah. My um my takeaway was like so like I felt almost bad how empathetic I felt for him because I was like you don't really because of what I know now mm-hmm. you don't deserve like the amount of like oh I feel for you right now I, like I, I was so much of that teary eyed emoji like oh Kanye I know because it feels you know how like a lot of famous people their development sort of gets stunted when they get famous yeah like they're kind of personal maturity like sometimes he seemed like a kid oh, I know like, especially when he was with his mum yes and like a kid that was like kind of crying out for help I mean those like the 2020 election I mean you're going to go more into this yeah. next week but like him crying about about abortion about and about like every everything thing. like he, he's feeling it he's but feeling so I, I think he honestly thinks he's been put on this earth to help humankind but because his ego is so big and he has such narcissistic tendencies everything just gets so warped like he genuinely thinks He's doing the right thing, I think, but he yeah. just gets so twisted. I mean, I don't know how we apply that to the Kim and Pete situation, particularly like that's him true. thinking he's doing the right that's thing. That's true, but that's because he's gotten that deep without maybe help at this point. I think so. I honestly think that he must be surrounded by a shitload of yes men. I mean, I'm sure we will, as I said, go into yeah. this more and next week. We didn't but... even say that when his mum passed away, he he. He didn't stop his tour. He didn't, like, stop working. He had no one helping him. He didn't deal with it at all. And, like, I can't even describe to you how close these two were. Yeah. And he strikes me as someone that, like, has never sat down and had a cup of tea in his life. I know. Like, he was just go, go, go. And what that does to the brain and, like, your nervous system. Sorry, if you're making five beats a day for, like, five years. Totally. And then when you've got mental health issues and you do that and you run yourself ragged, it is obviously going to exacerbate them. Yeah. And I think this is what we're seeing now. He's just gone for too long. He's gone for 20 years without stopping, which... We all know it's not good no. for you at all with, you know, bipolar disorder. And now we're really seeing the repercussions influence. of this. Yeah, and yeah. huge influence. It's just, yeah. Oh, look, I really can't wait until we dive. Because I feel like this, and kind of rightly so, this has been a very, like, this is how Kanye was formed. And it's all kind of like, mm, Kanye. I know. And then the next episode is like, oh, Kanye. Like, fuck. So um, I feel like this has been a great totally like it's the context setup. it's the context we all deserve you all deserve absolutely because we know a lot about Kanye now but I personally didn't know a hell of a lot about Kanye then neither did when I when people were always saying the old Kanye we miss the old, the old Kanye. Kanye I was like who the fuck was the old yeah, Kanye and now we I kind of know, know. This new one yeah Liv what's on your radar this week not to do a really quick segue but give what? me give me something else to think about aside from Kanye okay what's on my radar this week I'm going with a local recommendation so it's there an Auckland based duo called Ursha Island um, and they are a Chinese Kiwi sort of singer songwriter duo and they've just released two new songs um, which are really, really good. So mm. I would recommend going and checking them out. Nice to support local musicians. Yeah, that's what's on my radar at the moment. Nice. What well, about you? 
I've got four that I'm just going to go through really quick because everyone has been like recommending TV shows to me at the moment at a time where I just don't have any time to be watching them. It's always that way. It's like when you've got heaps of time, there's nothing to watch. Totally. So I think I've spoken about Severance. That's one I need to Mm -hmm. watch. The Dropout, which is the Elizabeth Holmes slash Theranos trial. Did you say you've watched one episode? I've watched three episodes three episodes. There's only three out at the moment. Amanda Seyfried, like... It's amazing just because I followed the case quite closely. So I don't care about the acting. I don't care about any... It's just nice to have pictures in my brain for the case. Totally. So no one tell me that it's really bad. I'm going to read zero reviews. I'm just going to watch Sometimes it. that's the way to go. Ah, it's such the way to go. After Party, one of our friends from work keeps recommending After Party, which has Dave Franco as like a Justin Bieber-esque person. Oh, yeah. Who, I haven't seen Dave Franco around for well, a while. Well, neither. But I actually wouldn't mind seeing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind at all. Um, and a TV show called One of Us is Lying. So, oh and God. Starstruck Season 2. So, like, five things that I have to yeah. watch in zero minutes in That's the day. amazing. Okay, I'm so glad about those recommendations yes. because I really was kind of struggling with, like, what am I watching yeah. at the moment? Well, there is plenty, but I'd say The Dropout. Okay. Yeah. Well, we didn't even talk about the Euphoria final, and we're not going to do that. We're not going to add a whole new topic. No, it's just too much to go into, but I loved it. Um, (laughs) But maybe come back another week, like the next week or the week after that, or maybe the week after that to hear us talk about the Euphoria final. As always, Liv, thanks for joining me on this mic. Anytime, Dar. Well, every week. (laughs) Well, every week. Yeah, and thank you, as always. Thank you. And our wonderful producer, Tiahe Butler. You rocked our socks, and we love being here with you every whatever day we decide to do this. Love you all. Love you all. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.